Before I get too far into what I'm going to talk about today, I need to remind all the ladies and men, honestly, you need to know this as well, but the Unveil Me conference is coming up and the early registration fee will end the end of March. So I just want to put that on your radar. If you mean to sign up and get the discounted rate, then you're going to want to go ahead and do that. We still have a few t-shirts left over. Um, if you guys want to stop by Main Street Theater, they're there as well. So um, just keep that in your minds. So um, this morning, I'm going to continue on in our message from Luke. So we're going to be in Luke um, 3, 15 to 20. And I want to tell you from the start that this is going to be about John the Baptist. And as I was preparing my message, all I kept thinking of is, how could I just transport us all to the Dead Sea? Because that's all that's in my mind right now. I just wish so much that I could take you there and just say, look around. This is it. This is, it explains so much just being there. And I, I'm so thankful that, you know, several are already planning to go. And if you get a chance to go, you don't want to miss it. It just helps explain so much. Sometimes I feel like the Bible may give you a few words or a few verses and that's powerful. The word is powerful. But when you get to stand there, sometimes you just feel like, well, you left a lot out. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that, you know? And so anyways, that's kind of where my mind is. And at best, I'll show you a video and some pictures to kind of help um, share what was going on in my mind. But anyways, we're going to um, talk from like the Dead Sea coastline, we'll say. It's... Um, it's a phenomenal area. There's nothing like it. Um, but you kind of have to, we're going to start our journey in Jerusalem, which is in the mountains. Jerusalem literally is a city on a hill. And so you're up in the mountains, and it, sometimes it can be so cold there. I would just tell Zach, we need to leave. We've got to get down to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is on the coastline. Or get down to Jericho because it's low and it's almost always hot. So we had ways to kind of get out of our cold apartment but anyways, you start up in Jerusalem, and then you literally go down, 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 down for a while, it seems. And then you kind of pass this huge rock, and they have um, the Dead Sea, or the sea level. And they have, like, the marker that shows, like, this is the sea level. And it's a tourist stop. You can stop. You can sit on a camel. You can get your picture taken. You know, they like to put camels in lots of places throughout the country. That's like this picturesque moment, and you should be sitting on a camel, apparently. But anyway, so we never stopped there. We just kept on going. And then eventually you come to where you leave this mountain range, which you'll get to see a bit of in this video I'll show you. But you kind of look ahead, and so the, the city of Jericho is to the left, and then we just we keep driving down, and you're passing, you know, you're passing Jericho, like, Hello, Jericho. And you keep on going, and then this is where the Jordan River comes down and meets the Dead Sea. And then the Dead Sea just continues on for a lot of miles. I don't know how many miles. And so what I'm going to talk about today is this, this ancient community called Qumran. So you have to drive down. You have to choose, you know, if you're going to go left or right at that point, because all that's in front of you is the Dead Sea. And then, of course, beyond that, is another huge mountain range, and that's the nation of Jordan. So there's lots going on in this area, and that's what you'll find when you visit Israel. It's such a small nation. So lots of things happen 
in similar locations. Kind of, you're like, oh, and that happened here too. And oh, wait a minute, that happened here too. And I'll tell you real quick, the first time my parents came to visit, I thought Zach was gonna take my dad's Bible away. Because we would visit one place, get back to the apartment, and my dad would just take his Bible and go in the bedroom and shut the door. And Zach's like, if he puts one more thing on the list for us to go see, I just don't know how we're going to do it. So I'm like, Dad, that's it. Everything else is for the future. We can't possibly fit one more thing in the itinerary. And he's like, but I want to see the Church of James. How can we find it? And how can we find this tomb? And I'm like, it's got to be another trip. You're just killing me. And literally, I mean, I was like six months pregnant, going all over the place with my dad, you know. But anyways... You get down to this area, and there's just there's lots of things that have happened in this area, and so it's really awesome. But we are going to make a little stopover at this little Essene community. It's an ancient town, and what we have is a silent video, and I'm going to have them show it, but I'm going to talk you through it first. So Zach is videoing this, and he's just kind of doing this little, not quite a 360, but what you're seeing is the mountain range that's Judean wilderness. So when you think of John is in the wilderness preaching, you know, repent and be baptized. Okay, this is that wilderness. And when it says that Jesus went out into the wilderness, you know, for his fasting, this is that wilderness. So you're gonna get to kind of see what that looks like. And let me tell you, it's not great. It's hot and there's just nothing. And so for me anyway, my heart really went out to Jesus. I just felt like, whew, man, couldn't he have a shade tree? <laughs> anyway, you'll see for yourself. But anyways, he kind of pans around, and then in the video, you're going to see a cave. And also in this mountain range, there's all kinds of caves throughout. And that's really cool because, you know, it's very likely that David hid out in some of these caves in his adventures. And so um, one of these caves... I don't know for sure which one, but that's where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. So the caves are important. So you can see how there's all kinds of things that happen in all these locations. But anyways, at the very end of this, what the video is going to show you, you'll see just a glimpse of the Dead Sea, which means Zach just didn't turn all the way around. Had he turned all the way around, you would see we were just right across the street from the Dead Sea, which it's pretty cool. I won't lie. It's pretty cool. But anyways, go ahead, Shanna, and show this video. There's the cave. And that's the Dead Sea in the distance there. So literally the mountains just kind of go right, right into it. So... So you can see it's very hot, very dry, just a really interesting place. And so when we talk about John the Baptist, I just felt like you needed to have this in your mind when we're talking about this person who's just kind of hanging out in this place, in this one location, and he's preaching. He's preaching a tough message, and the people are coming to see him, and of course they want to be baptized, and they're going to be baptized in the Jordan River. Okay, so this is um, like a water baptismal. I think the real name is like a mikvah. You walk in one side, and then you walk out clean on the other side. And this is in this ancient uh, community called Qumran. And so 
What's great about this is that if you were to visit Qumran, they would walk you around and show you their artifacts that they've gathered. They would show you clay pots that it was likely the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in. They would show you different things. It's really a very simple um, community. But they claim that John the Baptist spent some time in this community. So you can sit in the theater and you can watch a whole video. And now I don't know, we don't really know for sure if he did. They make it sound like it's 100%. But anyways, you can really gather a lot of information by seeing where John ministered, how he ministered, the passion behind his message. Um, the, the Essenes were known for studying the scriptures. Um, they were a very devout community, um, very, um, very strict on how they lived their lives, how they followed the Sabbath. Just, you know, this was an interesting little community. And it's likely that John the Baptist did live among them because another thing about the Essenes is they would adopt orphans and then raise them up in this, in this community to be these very devout um, studiers of, of Judaism. And so I don't know if you guys have ever considered how long did Zechariah and Elizabeth raise John? When I went to Qumran, I really hadn't thought much about that. We know they were advanced in years when they conceived John, but then kind of the next thing we know is John is an adult preaching, and so it's a little bit vague as far as what we can know. So this, this community is trying to say John could have lived here, he could have studied here, this is where he could have developed his passion for the word and for water baptism. And so that's important because that's obviously what we're going to talk about today. So let's get into Luke uh, chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 15. And I would like for you to stand for the reading of God's word. Let's just be reverent to that. So starting in verse 15, as the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, and he locked up John in prison. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask that you would just anoint my words today. God, help us to hear from your word today and how you want to prepare us. Prepare our hearts for where you're leading us as a church. Help us to embrace your call. Help us to embrace the phases of preparation, God. I just ask that you would speak to our hearts today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. I love to read the same passage of scripture in other versions. It just kind of helps me become more familiar with the text and I really like the message. It says things in such a way that I just feel like it's exciting. So I'm going to read the same passage from the message. 
The interest of the people by now was building. They were all beginning to wonder, could this John be the Messiah? But John intervened. I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character of this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life, a fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God, everything false. He'll put out with the trash to be burned. There was a lot more of this, words that gave strength to the people, words that put heart in them, the message. But Herod, the ruler, stung by John's rebuke in the matter of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, capped his long string of evil deeds with his outrage, and he put John in jail. I love that. Did you catch that? He will ignite our hearts. I love that. We're all about being ignited for Jesus. So our first point is you can get ready for the life Jesus has for you by being water baptized. I'll say that again. You can get ready for the life Jesus has for you by being water baptized. So you can't talk about John the Baptist and not emphasize water baptism. First, I want to look at who is John and who do the people say he is? And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. John had a goal to prepare the way of Jesus. He had a mission to fulfill to get people ready for Jesus' message. John was living and ministering in the dry and the hot Judean wilderness area, preaching and baptizing in the Jordan River Valley. Are you seeing that now in your mind? Now be honest. Does that kind of look differently than maybe you thought or read before? Not a lush place. So this is John. The Pharisees want to know who is John? Who does he think he is? What is he doing? Does he think he's the Messiah because everybody's waiting for the Messiah to come? And John has to say, no, I'm not him, but he's coming. Can you feel that from the scripture from John? He seems like he kind of has a few rough edges about who he is, how he's going to say things, and how he's going to minister. John didn't exactly know what Jesus was going to come and do. He's looking at scripture, and he's looking at what he can think is going to happen. But John, and like many others, they wanted a Messiah to come and do a political takeover. They want things to change. They're tired of Roman occupation. 
they want to get back to what they're passionate about and living according to the temple law. And so John is kind of preaching this way, that Jesus is coming, and he's got this hard message to him. But you and I both know, that's the beauty of having all the scripture, that Jesus was coming to show the way, to show how we can connect to God. Jesus' message was obviously very different than what people wanted him to say and what they wanted him to be. So John is in prison, and he has some disciples, his followers. They come, and they're meeting with John, and John says, hey, go find Jesus and ask him, is he the Messiah or not? And so they do. They go, and they ask Jesus this. And I think this is important because John had expectations. He wanted Jesus to make this all right. Establish yourself. Be the king. Change everything. And probably, he probably felt like, and release me. Because after all, I'm in prison for just telling the truth on Herod. But that's not what Jesus came to do. So it's a tough message. My heart goes out to John as he is in prison, and he's going to die. He's going to die there. He's not going to be rescued the way he sees it in his mind. And I say this because sometimes we can do this as well. We can read the scripture, and we can put our thoughts and our culture on God and put expectations on him. And then we wind up disappointed when he doesn't meet us the way we think he ought to meet us. Not God's fault. So when we read the scripture, we really need to say, God, unveil me. Help me to hear the truth. Help me to really see who you are and what you're doing here without misconception. Because we don't want to be guilty of thinking God is one thing and then being disappointed. Not that God is disappointing, but I hope you get my point. John's get ready message. That's what I like. John was all about just get ready. Jesus is coming. His get ready message is so clear. Repent and be baptized. And so I want to ask, have you been water baptized? This is our first step on how we can do this, how we can prepare to follow Jesus. Now, you already had a chance to fill out your Connect card, but honestly, we're going to do it again at the end of the service. If you haven't followed Jesus's example of being water baptized, we want to encourage you to do that. We want to be obedient and follow after God with all our hearts. And whatever God is preparing us for, let's do all we can. Let's be ready. So if you want to be water baptized, our next opportunity will be Palm Sunday in April. So you simply fill out the Connect card with your contact information and then mark on the little circle that says becoming water baptized. Does it say that? No, it just says water baptism. So you can mark that. And at the end of the service, we're going to collect those. The next point is that you can also... Get ready to follow the life that Jesus has for you by being empowered and refined. And I'll say it again. You can also get ready for the life Jesus has for you by being empowered and refined. 
From our text this morning, we can read part of John's message from verses 16 and 17. It says this, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. In verse 16, John mentions the Holy Spirit. We've been studying the Holy Spirit as a church, and this is that empowerment piece. Jesus instructs his disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 1.8, it tells us, what is the Holy Spirit? It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses. And that's what we need, that empowerment piece that helps us to be witnesses both locally and globally. And of course, we're talking a lot about that in reaching the nations. We've been studying the Holy Spirit in our Connect group, Naturally Supernatural. And if you haven't participated in that, I would encourage you to go on our church website and find those series of teachings. And you just go to connectionpointchurch.org front slash NS for Naturally Supernatural. Again, I really feel like God is preparing our whole church. That's all of us. Whether you've been a part of a study or whether you've, you've missed it and, you know, maybe different things have come up and you haven't been able to engage on a Wednesday night. But I encourage you to watch the series. And if you have questions, ask the questions. We want to walk alongside everyone in this because we want everyone to experience that empowerment that we need. So I encourage you to find that on the website. Just as John the Baptist um, had purpose, and he had to prepare to fulfill that purpose, I know God has a purpose for us, and we need to do our part to prepare for the purposes he has for us. John not only references the Holy Spirit, but he also mentions fire. The combination of the Holy Spirit and fire refers to the refining power and the presence of purging that divides. Fire is often referenced in purification, the purification of gold or silver. God wants to empower us and refine us. Reading from Malachi 3, 1 through 5, it says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. They will be an offering and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and in the former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the 
adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppose the hired worker and his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord. John had a strong message of judgment. He kind of had this apocalyptic view that Jesus was coming. You need to get ready because Jesus is coming and he is going to judge you. He has a lot of strong language. He didn't realize Jesus was going to come then and die and then come again. But where do we find ourselves? We are facing the judgment that John was talking about. Jesus has already come. He's already laid out the way for us. And now the next coming It's just not going to be so grace-filled. Now is that time of preparation. And (laughs) it kind of feels funny to talk about this. This is like, I kind of feel like I'm standing on shaky ground saying this. But it's the truth, and it's just right here in the passage that Jesus is ready. He's ready to judge. And, you know, sometimes we think judgment is a bad thing, but it's not. Judgment is actually God's loving kindness toward us. If he didn't judge us, we couldn't draw closer to him. He has to refine us so that we can approach him and one day be in his presence. There's a process we have to go through. I kept envisioning in my mind God standing with his arms out wide, and we're trying to take steps toward God. But then we've got the Holy Spirit and Jesus coming alongside us and saying, oop, you missed a spot. Oop, we got to take care of that. Oop, we got to work on that. Oop, we got to do this. Oop, oop, slow down. You're not ready. He's going to absolutely scorch you. (laughs) Sometimes we forget how powerful God is. He says we can come to him as Abba Father, that fatherly love. But he also has some rules. And God wants to prepare us for that. He talks about the the threshing floor. I think we have a picture of the threshing floor. So this is a place just outside of Jerusalem that we enjoyed going to. But that threshing floor, if you can imagine it, full of wheat. And somebody's standing there and just tossing that, tossing that wheat into the air. And the the wheat is going to fall back down to the ground. And the chaff, the light, meaningless stuff, is going to just blow over the hillside. Just blow away in the wind. And then what doesn't blow away is going to be gathered up and it's going to be burned. The wheat that falls heavy to the ground is what is gathered and it's the harvest. That's us. We want to be gathered in. And what's meaningless and light will fly away, and it'll be burned. Everyone will be tossed in the air. Everyone will be assessed on how we respond to God. The Holy Spirit is our source of empowerment and refinement. Both are necessary in following the mandates of Christ. We are becoming more like him, and that process is one of refinement and purification. We can seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit to boldly proclaim his truth, and we can allow the Holy Spirit to refine our lives 
by dying, by dying daily to our will, our sin nature, our expectations. The refinement turns anger to gentleness, our willfulness to self-controlled lives submitted to the Lord. Jesus' teachings were holistic. He will equip us for what he expects of us. We don't have to do this alone. And that's what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to come alongside us and help us in our areas of weakness. And we can look to the Lord for that. So I want to ask, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If not, we want to pray with you and partner with you. And we want all of us to have that empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God offers it to us because he knows we need it. We need the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just easier to say, I believe in God the Father and I believe in Jesus. And we wanna just stop right there. But that is not believing in the triune God. It is three in one. And we can't just leave part off because we don't always understand. And so we need to embrace the Holy Spirit. And we, we want to walk alongside you in that. So what we do is if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can mark this on your Connect card with your information. And what we do is someone from the church will contact you. You'll schedule a meeting. And you'll simply get together one-on-one -on -one to talk, to discuss it, and to pray. It's really a beautiful process. Again, you don't have to do this alone. We want to partner with you in that. The last point is this. You can get ready for the life Jesus has for you by realizing the world may oppose you. I'll say that again. You can get ready for the life Jesus has for you by realizing the world may oppose you. I tell you, I really felt like this was a happy message, but now I'm starting to feel like this isn't such a happy message. But it is what it is, right? The message is the good news. Reading from Matthew 14, it says, At the time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry, but because of his oath and his guests commanded to be given, he sent and had John beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took his body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Okay, so guys, let's be honest. We like to look at our world right now and feel like it is just terrible. No time has been like this time. 
Well, I want to say no time has been like this. How many weddings have you been at and they bring out a head? No. I mean, th this is like barbaric time. Think about that audience. A crowd at a wedding was okay with this? This is crazy. But it really sheds light on the hatred in Herodias's heart. She did not like John calling them out on their sin. So Herodias was married to Philip, obviously leaves Philip, and now she wants to be married to Herod Antipas. And this was a scandal, and John calls him out. He said, it's not right, it's not lawful for you to have her. And he's gonna be beheaded because of this? John loses his life because of the hatred and the scorn of a very evil woman. Sometimes people are going to oppose us because Jesus is in us and we carry the message of Jesus. And you may feel that already. You may feel like people are against you because you have faith in Christ. People are against you because you go to church and you live a different lifestyle. The world will oppose you because of Jesus because people are opposed to the message of Jesus it's a lot easier when you have relationship with Jesus and you understand kind of the process that he's leading you through. But it's more challenging when people have no interest in Jesus and God whatsoever. Judgment is harsh. I like to look at Paul. Anytime I feel like I'm getting discouraged about hardship, I feel like Paul's a good one to look at. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Two to five, it says, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with, with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in affliction, hardship, calamities, beatings, imprisonment, riots, labors, sleepless nights, and hunger. Don't be surprised when coworkers make fun of you for not swearing or maybe going out and getting drunk. Be okay with unsaved family members giving you a hard time about how you spend your Sunday morning. It is, after all, your day off. How are you going to spend that time? Just leave that in the Lord's hands. Let's try and not worry. You know, we talked, I joked about my worry and worship this morning. And I said, that's Zach's message. He preached that because this morning I was a little worried. But anyways, we have to be okay when the world opposes us because really they're opposing Jesus. My prayer for us, just by seeing what God is doing in our church and the things that he's calling us to and the ways that he's teaching us and drawing us in unity I feel like this is our opportunity to lean in. I want us to lean in to what God has for us. In the times of prayer or abiding or in your connect group or just in listening prayer, let's lean into that. Whatever God wants to do and I know he's doing something, I don't wanna miss it. I don't want you to miss it either. 
I want us to go together in unity, and I want us to be prepared. And the only way we can do that is to truly lean in and go with God on this journey. It really is an adventure to follow Jesus. Even though there's going to be hardship along the way, that hardship, that's our moment to say, I share in the sufferings of Christ. Because I have determined that my mindset is that this suffering is for my good. It's my refinement. And I am going to walk boldly in this. I'm going to try my best to suffer well, to suffer with the fruit of the Spirit. Because that's your example to the world. If you put on Facebook, pray with me about whatever it is. Right then, you've just asked for an audience to say, oh, well, let's see how she handles this. If my next Facebook face is orange, angry face, orange, angry face, orange, angry face, you know, of like, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, I feel like that's the world's opportunity to say, you're not acting any differently than I would. That's exactly how I would handle that. And I failed. I'll just be honest. I failed in that moment. Rather than saying, by the grace of God, this is tough. But God is greater. He's going to bring us through. It's hard, but God is greater. It's challenging, but God is glorious. It's difficult, but he is meeting me in my abiding time. And I will choose to love, even if it's hard. I will choose to give, even when I don't see it all coming together. I will choose to forgive I will seek reconciliation even though I'm struggling. You might think orange emoji face of anger, but God needs to have his hand upon our lives. He's preparing us for something different. I feel like the Lord's trying to lift us up and just say, let's go with this, guys. I'm setting you apart. Act like it. Learn something. Isn't that what you want to say if you have children? Don't you want to say, you're better than this. You shouldn't do something like that. You know better than that. And I feel like God is taking us along and taking us along because he's trying to prepare us. I want us to be prepared to follow Jesus wherever he wants us to go. If you have marked your Connect card, I want our floor host to come at this time, and I want us to gather those in. And I'm serious. I mean, with all my heart, if you haven't been water baptized, let's go ahead and do it. Make that your step to saying, God, prepare me to follow you. I make that commitment. I'm going to follow you in water baptism. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need that empowerment piece to thrive in a difficult world and thrive in tough situations. And when people oppose you, I am thankful for the Holy Spirit that ministers to my life and empowers me to keep going, to stay with the Lord in this. The Holy Spirit is our helper. So floor hosts, why don't you come on forward? And let's just do it like offering style. Just go ahead and pass. And that way nobody's missed.
Anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to stand and we're going to sing. So if you go ahead, let's make this a matter of prayer just for a second. Because we can talk about being water baptized and we can talk about um, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But our very first step is receiving Christ. Getting that first thing taken care of. And I am well aware that some of us could have been serving the Lord for a long time, or maybe a long time ago we made it real. And we can fall away from the Lord. The presence of the Lord can disappear from our lives if we're not careful and we're not mindful to cherish that relationship. So if you'll go ahead and bow your heads. I would ask that every believer right now just begin to pray. If you're here today and you can honestly say, you're not quite ready for water baptism. You're not quite ready for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you need to go back to that very first step and you need to get things right with Jesus. We want to make space for that today because Jesus loves us and he did come with a strong message about love and forgiveness and loving our neighbor and loving during hardship. And then he himself set the example and he went to the cross and died in our place. Sometimes we can say, well, why should I have to suffer when Jesus already did that? Well, that's true, Jesus did suffer, but he did that so that we could live in eternity. Now it is our opportunity to do whatever we can to live for him and to serve him. So if you're here today and you can say, you know, I'm just not there yet, but I wanna be. I wanna say yes to Jesus. I wanna start now by preparing my life for Jesus. Just simply raise your hand, just give me a wave because we want to pray with you. Let's just take a minute to pray. Lord, we just so love you. We're so grateful for who you are to us, your loving kindness that judges us. But you also pour out your mercy and your grace and your blessings upon us continually. You are a good father. And we commit our lives to you, God, because you have a plan and a purpose that we don't know about. We only get tidbits of information as we spend time with you, God. So I pray that right now we would recommit our hearts and our lives to you, Jesus. Even if we've been believers for a long time, I pray that you would call us deeper in love with you, deeper in relationship with you, with a sense of urgency that you're calling us out, God, that we need to be preparing for what you have for us, God, and may we not miss it, Lord. I pray right now that we would respond to you in our hearts individually. You look in and you see the heart, you see the mindsets, Jesus. And I pray that today 
we would just be willing to surrender that mindset to you, God, that you would begin to do the work that only you can do. We thank you for it.